The liberals are destroying California and conservative humor gone awry. Conservative humor gone awry is going to fascist California today. So stay tuned. We're going to take a few pictures of the desert and how their policies are actually messing it up. It's not beautiful when you go across that border. But stay tuned, guys. We'll show you exactly All right, I'm Alexander Edward. And I'm Tony Boswell. And we are Minion Death Cult. Uh, the world is ending. All this us versus them bullshit is responsible. <laughs> We're documenting it. So, uh, what's up, everybody? We have a very special episode for uh, you folks today. A very fun one. Uh, joining us today, we have the podcast Kino Lefter. We have uh, Laura Cruz. How you doing, Laura? Hi. We have Ev- I'm doing great. Good. Needed that part. Uh, we have Evan, <laughs> Evan McDonald. How you doing, Evan? I'm doing well, boys. Glad to be here. Yeah, and finally, we have Abdul Malik. How you doing, Abdul? I'm doing okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm ready to talk about this this wonderful movie and really happy to be here, actually. We fucking love Minion Death Cult. Yeah, we stand. Hey, well, oh. thank you. We love Kino Lefter as well. Uh, and yeah, today we are talking about the movie Still in Theaters, Black and Blue. Uh, this is something that I think Tony is, Tony, did you, did, did you find this like two months ago? Yeah. Uh, well, I found it when I, um, it was for the preview for, um, uh, uh Angel Fall, Angels Fallen. Oh, well, our, yeah. oh, right. Yeah. Our yeah. smash hit blockbuster crossover episode. Real yeah. ones, no. <laughs> that's, that's when I, that's when I saw, that's when I saw it was the preview for that. It was a, yeah. And I was like, holy shit, this is just. This is going to be amazing, and um, I was not let down. <laughs> um, actually, Angel Has Fallen had a great preview slate. 21 Bridges, Queen and Slim, Black and Blue. Like, they knew the audiences yeah. who wanted to see that movie, and, um, like, really, it was it was good upward marketing. <laughs> 21 Bridges is the other one that I was trying to think of, uh, and that one is definitely more fascistic, if I remember correctly, at least in the marketing yeah, from the directors of Avengers Endgame comes a movie about uh, hunting down a few people across Manhattan by turning it into like an Escape from New York situation. It's like uh, martial law in that it. movie, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, like Arkham Island style uh, yeah. shutdowns. Like, what's that line from the trailer? You're the you're the cop who kills cop killer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a genetically augmented cop who can see cop killers uh, with his supervision. Honestly, it feels like a Hideo Kojima game. Like, that's what 21 Bridges feels like. A nation for cops. (laughs) Yeah, this one, uh, not fascistic, very much liberal uh, in its outlook. (laughs) Super. Uh, This is very much like a you-shouldn't-see-color movie. Like, whether that color is black or blue, uh, you just shouldn't see it, right? Let's get into the plot of this movie, okay? So this movie is starring uh, Naomi Harris, who I mostly know from 28 Days Later, uh, which I thought she was great in. Uh, but she's been she's been in a lot of stuff. She's been in the new 007 franchises, as well as Moonlight, which I didn't see. Um, Ooh, I, see it. See it. See it today. I'm not a big fan of, like, the family dramas. I don't know. Like, I don't... It's, it's way more than that. It's really good. It's, okay. it's, it's really good, and yeah. it's, like, beautiful... 
And um, you'll probably cry, so maybe don't see it today. I don't know. It's an, it's an A24 movie without white people, so I don't know if I'm going to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is also starring Tyrese Gibson. Okay, so those are like the two big names in this movie. Um, but chubby. But chubby. Yeah, I love... A little thick. Ch- which is sad because I love shirtless Tyrese. Like, I live for shirtless Tyrese. <laughs> and, and I didn't get that because he was definitely chubby Tyrese. It was amazing. He looks good, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're a fan still of the big it. boys like, over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a great turn from Frank Grillo, who uh, usually plays like a great bad white guy uh, in movies. Uh, Mike Coulter is playing evil Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great mm-hmm. cast. Yeah, I love evil Luke Cage. I was so stoked when I saw evil Luke Cage on screen. Um, <laughs> I felt so betrayed myself. I didn't like it at all. It's Mostly very weird. I feel like... Mostly because I feel like maybe he could have learned some more acting from the villains on Luke Cage on how to be a villain. <laughs> <laughs> like the most villainous thing about him was his grill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they put and a grill the in him and a fur coat and they're like, he's bad now. What? Like, look at him. Yeah. <laughs> um, this movie starts out with like a very important bit of sound, which is Welcome to America by Lecrae. Uh, which like isn't really not a bad song. I kind of liked it, but the lyrics really just like stood out to me because uh, the first verse uh, there's three verses of this song, and uh, the first each verse is from a different perspective. And so the first verse, I just have uh, f- four lines here. All I know is drugs and rap. <laughs> All I know is hot chip and lie. <laughs> <laughs> I probably could have been some kind of doctor instead of holding guns and crack. Uh, and the thing to know about Lecrae is that he's a Christian rapper. And I don't think he's ever uh, sold crack, let alone done it, or uh, held a gun, etc. But this first verse is all from like an inner city youth who the, all they know is, uh, you know, disrespect and authority and selling drugs <laughs> Uh, and then the second verse is when y'all free, when y'all free here saying you don't want to be here, this is talking about America, boy, you probably couldn't breathe here if I didn't load a couple magazines here. And so this is from the perspective of a soldier who is deployed overseas to protect our freedoms so we could breathe here. (laughs) Was this written for the movie? It really seems like that, doesn't it? Yeah, um, it's it's funny. Like, I can't wait for the, uh, you know, watch the church collab with uh, Lecrae and Kanye West. Because uh, you know that album is going to be hot fire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this It's just like a perfect song for this movie. Because our main character, uh, she is like a vet who becomes a cop. And she's sort of distanced herself from her old neighborhood in New Orleans. And she's coming back to work on the force she's already been a cop but she transferred to new orleans and the whole movie is about her like trying to if not rediscover her identity just try and like connect the disparate threads of her identity you know where she came from this low income uh black neighborhood and now she's on the other side of it i guess the movie is trying to say uh in policing it and this movie, like, I guess now would be the time for your your little trivia, Abdul. 
Oh, yes. This film was written by... Um, I looked up a picture of him. He is uh, perhaps the whitest person I've ever seen. Peter A. Dowling. Yeah. Um, who's like a British writer who... Yeah, he wrote like <laughs> Flight Plan and a bunch of other shitty movies no one saw. Um, but like now that you bring up the song, I'm starting to think he heard the song and then wrote the movie based on the song. Like yeah. I'm actually thinking like he really liked the song and was like... Oh, I could make a movie out of this. You know what I mean? Like, it really does feel like that. Evan, you have uh, his other credits? Um, Yeah, so Peter A. Dowling has a storied career. I don't think uh, anyone can take that away from him. Uh, we all saw Sacrifice. We all saw Reasonable Doubt with Samuel L. Jackson. Um, but his most recent entry is five episodes of Transformers Rescue Bots Academy, um, which, uh, if it has the same kind of politics as Black and Blue, um, would really raise some interesting questions about robotics and race in the Transformers <laughs> Um yeah, I, was, it, I was happy to hear that this person directed it because it was, it did feel very clear that, like, the person who made this movie didn't really like know black people and like kind of had like a movie idea of black people. It was directed by a black person. It was just written by a white guy, but the just, just uh, the whole concept, the whole the whole yeah. like right. just the whole layout of it felt that way. Yeah. Um the director also made a film called Meet the Blacks, which is a horror comedy from 2016. Um I mean, he he seems really odd. Like his filmography seems uh, a little confused and I'm worried about him. Yeah. So this, this yeah, song yeah, just, sure. uh, the more I learned about like this song up top, uh, it just, yeah, it was like, it's the perfect song for this movie because it's a Christian rapper who's hasn't experienced as far as I could tell, I looked into his personal history has not experienced drug dealing or gang banging and has also not experienced being deployed overseas <laughs> Writing a song from the perspective of both of those groups, like pitting them against each other. <laughs> and it, it's, I mean, it's a good song, like musically, but it's just extremely corny. And that's kind of like this movie as well. Everything is very weird. The politics are very weird and clunky. And you can tell it was written by somebody who just hasn't experienced any of this at all. Yeah, it also feels like it wasn't directed by someone who understands, uh, you know, that world either, right? Like, I don't know what Dion Taylor's upbringing was, but um, I was saying this uh, before we recorded, like, I, I used to work a lot of, like, hip-hop film sets uh, in Toronto, because that's what you do when you're starting out. And, like, you'd see a black director go up to an extra and stuff and be like, hey, can you just make it more hood? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, someone who's clearly from, like, an upper middle class, uh, you know, background, but also is of color and is like, you know, just make it more black. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. the extra would just be like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just here to make my money. Can you articulate it better? And he's like, you know, put a hood spin on it. Like, this was an actual conversation, multiple conversations I saw, right? You just um, overheard feels, him say yeah. hood spa. Put a little hood spa on. <laughs> um, do you have any? Do you have any stank? Can you put some some of that stank on? <laughs> yeah. So we get our opening scene. Uh, we get uh, Naomi's character Alicia jogging through a neighborhood, wearing a hoodie, listening to "Welcome to America" over her earbuds, um, and she gets stopped by the police. Right? They just. Pull her over instantly. And go, going into this movie, like, you know that she's a cop. So you're like, they ride up right on her, right up behind her. And she doesn't, like, freak out or react. So you're like, oh, okay, this is, like, people she knows. These are cops she knows. But she just gets off the curb. And then they jump out of the car and throw her up against the fence immediately. 
Yeah. And uh, the one big cop says, uh, what are you doing in my neighborhood? Yep, yep. And it's uh, it's very, um, I don't know, it's an effective scene, but it's also very, like, uh, what's the word? Like, heightened and, you know, yeah. sla- a little slapstick. Yeah. Also, like, I, I, I mean, not, not to be that, but like, also a little unlikely, um, just because, like, when those things happen... Uh, it's usually not somebody who's like clearly exercising, um, and like is also like a like a you know well well groomed like attractive woman. Yeah, like that. That's usually not the combo. It's going to be harassment. There's going to be harassment, but it's not going to be like throw you against the wall right away. There's probably going to be some like um catcalling. Maybe that's probably what would have happened. They would have drove past her slowly and catcalled her. Until she finally says, like, I'm a cop, which I don't know why she also didn't say, I'm a cop. <laughs> she tries she to just say said, it like, and he keeps... Oh, s- uh, stop. Uh, don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think this opening's a great microcosm for why this movie kind of fails generally. Um, because, like, it feels written... Like, there's a sense of unreality to the entire thing where it's just like, oh, this is going to be a brave movie talking about issues of, like, communities and their relationship to the police. But it's just, like, a cartoonish... Yeah. Like, yeah. The, like, the police are, like, cackling villains who are like, I can't wait to kill you! And it's like, sure, there are some of them. But uh, it's just, like, there's a disconnect between, like, how humans interact with each other and also trying to maybe critique, like, these structural issues. But I feel like it gets so bogged down because it's just, like... This writer's like, damn, I'm telling a really important story, and then this is the result of it. And it's like, okay, good and, job. And the closer to that scene is where uh, the cops, uh, the other cop, like looks at her wallet and is like, "Yo, step off. She's blue, yeah. right? Blue. Like, yeah. it's just yeah. like it. It feels like made up cop speak. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think most people would talk about that in like a very embarrassing situation where you've just carded like one of your associates. <laughs> Yeah, 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 it is. It does Which, seem like an alternate reality where they have their own lingo. She's blue, you know. Um, and it's, uh, it's like you said, Evan. It's, it's. You can immediately tell who the bad cops are. You know, it's like you see these yeah. guys and you're like, oh, these are the bad cops because they're like twirling their mustaches and shit. <laughs> yeah, that's a theme that like runs throughout the entire movie, right? There's. There's mostly good cops, but then bad cops who are gaming the system and using it for their own gain. Yeah, most of the cops... I mean, I would say that, like, most of the cops we see are bad, but the- there's two types of bad. There's, like, the cartoonish supervillain bad, and then there's the weak, scared bad uh, who are too afraid to go up against the cartoonish villain ones. And then there are, like, good cops who we don't see until, like, the very end of the movie. But it is it is played as just, oh, the problems with the police are there are these um, dastardly, ma- you know, malef- malefactors within the force, and it's, like, no actual critique of, of the, yeah. the institution bad, as a whole. Y- yeah, bad apples, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, she gets hassled by these cops. They find out that she's blue, so they let her go. And the cop isn't like that sorry about it. He's still clearly an asshole. She goes to work. Uh, we meet her new partner, uh, played by uh, that guy from Veep, the cool guy from Veep, Reed Scott. Yeah. Right. Is he the yeah, cool guy the fun, in that show? Yeah, he's cool. Okay. Uh, it's explained like throughout you know exposition that she's you know back in town she's 
somewhat new to the police force, but she's very new to this specific police force in New Orleans. Um, and they drive by, they go out on patrol and they drive by uh, Kingston Manor, which are like the low income housing project units, basically. And uh, her new partner explains to her that they don't even respond to calls in there unless a blue is in trouble. A blue. It, yeah. Yeah. It's only only if one of us is in there we're going to go in there. So we just don't go in there. Unless something dubious is going on. Uh, unless there's a blue man group performance or someone is watching Smurfs, um, they will not go in there. It's I like the circular logic of that. Like we don't go in there but Unless a blue is in there, but blue would never go in there because we're not in there. It's like a line that sounds devastating when you li- when you hear it in the movie, but then you yeah. think about it for like ten seconds and you're like, "No, this is one of the stupidest things I've ever heard." Yeah. Well, no, it'd be it would be because yeah. like the gangbangers have kidnapped an innocent blue and dragged them back to their lair at Kingston Manor. Yeah. And just the implication that they like don't police heavily policed areas as if that's not the backbone of the prison industrial complex. Yeah, yeah the, the argument is that, um, yeah, they're not policing us enough and that's why we don't trust the police. It's just this brilliant uh, logic. I mean, I do think there's like a kernel of truth to that. Like they, they police these neighborhoods on their terms, not the neighborhood's terms, oh, right? Like they're not going to respond to 911 calls, but they'll like card every person on the street in yeah. like a weekend, right? Yeah, yeah totally. totally. Um, and it, but it's, it's funny too, because they're just driving by slowly, you know, outside the fence for this, this, uh, low income housing. And he's just like explaining to her, we don't police this, you know, we, we don't respond to calls or anything. We just, I guess, drive by slowly and look at them (laughs) and like, (laughs) I don't know, like taunt them. Oh, you could, you could be getting our policing, but no, 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 you know, and then we, (laughs) and then we drive away and get coffee. (laughs) Yeah, so, so uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, the the part that comes after this, you can cut this, the part that comes after this is probably one of the best parts of the movie. <laughs> yeah, this is where they go to the market, right? Yeah. Yeah, they go to the market. Uh, she stays in the car. Her partner goes inside to get coffee or something. And uh, while her partner's inside, she notices uh, an urban youth sitting on the curb with his skateboard. <laughs> And she thinks, oh, great, this is like a a prime way to connect with the community. And so she gets out of the car and she says, like, skateboard, huh? (laughs) And he's like, I didn't I didn't steal it. (laughs) Basically, (laughs) Right. Yeah. And that escalation of tension between uh, the skateboarding kids, mom, who basically yells, like, don't talk to my son don't bother him and she instantly goes like do we have a problem <laughs> like yeah. just kind of really goes to a hundred like it's the avengers infinity war of black stereotypes all meeting uh at this corner store um because it's like oh i'm just like you know a kid with a skateboard and i'm kind of sad and then there's the cop who's like oh we got to uplift this community and then there's like the mom who just like starts screaming um and then of course there's like the dangerous drug dealers like hanging out listening to loud rap music so you yeah. know they're dangerous and it's like there's this movie has potent psychology that i'm really excited to continue exploring um and what the mom is wearing in the scene is so interesting you know what i mean like she's like dressed to the nines but hood rich like she's definitely just not dressed like a, a normal person who would be out on the street no she's wearing day. like a cable knit no. turtleneck I'll disagree with all that. 
Um, I, I think people very much will, will dress that way just every day if they can. Um, I, yeah, so I, I, I see, I mean, I see it all the time. Like, you know, I, I, I think that was a very, uh, normal outfit. I just think she looked awesome. I think she yeah. looked nice. And like, maybe, maybe that's the whole thing. Maybe she wasn't supposed to look that good for that character, but that's also part of the character. Like that, that character was... does look dope 24 seven. There's like, there's no time off for her. She's, she's always, she's always put together. <laughs> Yeah, there's no small roles, only small actors. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, another great firm coat moment. Yeah. And, but what's great about this, too, is this this scene is so deceiving. Because this, you know, like this mom that she's there, they see each other. They're looking at each other, making eye contact with each other, talking about that woman's kid. And they are not familiar with each other for some reason. And they are just beefing, and then people are like, "Whoa, a lot of tension, a lot of tension. Let's take this tension down." And we're supposed to just like dismiss this character as if she's just some sort of like antagonist, but she's a very like arguably the most important character in the movie. The woman she's yelling at, um, and the implication of of the scene, I think, in totality, is really interesting because it's like you know a a typical like liberal person watching this or someone who's like not you know, quote unquote woke or something like that would be like, oh, you know, when, when cops, good cops do do outreach these communities, look at how the communities respond, yeah, right? As totally. if it's like exists in a vacuum and there aren't like strong structural issues with the nature of policing that, you know, needs to be abolished entirely. Yeah. The way the scene plays out is, uh, West, Alicia West, our main character, she's trying to connect with this kid, talk to him about his skateboard. He's obviously, like, suspicious of her, like, I didn't do anything wrong, stop bothering me. And she's trying to explain, no, 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 I'm just trying to be a capital G good capital C cop. And the mom sees the cop, sees Alicia talking to her son, and she's like, hey, kid, get over here. I don't remember her kid's name. She's like, hey, get over here. And then Alicia turns to the mom and says... He didn't do anything wrong. And it's like, shut shut up. Like, let her talk to her <laughs> kid, you know? And the implication here is that uh, Missy, who is the kid's mother, she doesn't want, like, the kid getting into trouble with the cop. She doesn't want any problems yeah. with the cop. She doesn't want the kid to get shot or something like that. So she wants to get the kid away from the cop. I think what was really going on is she didn't want her son to be part of like some viral video cop propaganda where Alicia West like skateboards in front of him and does a does a kickflip <laughs> or something. So I think Missy made the right move here. Um, and then gives him ice cream. Yeah, exactly. Uh, at the same time, uh, Tyrese, we see Tyrese for the first time. He's inside this market interacting with uh, the other cop who is being like, her partner cop who's being sort of intimidated by one of the drug dealer guys who's inside uh the market uh alicia goes inside the market she recognizes tyrese tyrese is like standoffish toward her you know they used to be friends just like she used to be friends with missy too i don't know if we said that she said you know don't you yeah, that's recognize what i was getting at yeah she said don't you recognize like, me missy and missy's like no nah, like clearly not wanting to be associated with this new cop in new orleans and it's like even even if you had like a weird beef with somebody if you haven't seen him in what seems like at least 10 years, there's going to be something. <laughs> there's going to be something that's not just tension. Like, I, okay, so I, real quick, Ando, I went to a Halloween party this weekend, um, last weekend, and um, <clears throat> I was wearing a costume that nobody got. What was it? But there was, there was one person there that was gonna, uh, that was going to be there who I knew was going to be there who doesn't like me. An old friend who doesn't care for me anymore. But I knew that he would get it. 
<laughs> and he saw me. He hasn't said a nice thing to me in two years, like at all. And um, he saw me and he looks at me and he goes, TC Tuggers. <laughs> and I was all, TC Tuggers. And like, we, that was like, our, we had a little friendship moment and it was beautiful. It's a movie moment <laughs> right there, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so like, even, even this guy who like, this does not care for me at all. I haven't seen him in a while and there was something common there and he was like, TC Tuggers. They could have had a TC Tuggers moment and it just didn't happen. <laughs> Yeah, if 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 the her old friend looked her and said black and blue, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she goes in. She tries to reconnect with Tyrese. Tyrese doesn't want anything to do with her because she's like you know in their minds abandoned the community. She said, "When did Missy get a kid?" And Tyrese is like, uh, 10 years ago." You crazy person. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like uh, it's it's that's a pretty easy thing to backdate. I mean, it's like <laughs> like you know. It's like, huh, how old is that child? Yeah. You know, it kind of answers itself. When did that itself. happen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because she, she would have she been like, oh my God, you have a kid. That's what yeah. she would have done. Yeah. Um, she kind of she kind of sees the way her partner interacts with the other guy who's working at this market. The, uh, the officer, her partner, just like helps himself to whatever goods he wants. And he's like, thanks. Uh, Alicia tries to pay and Tyrese is like, no, cops don't pay here. And it's, it's a very funny twist on the whole, like, thank you for your service thing that we always see in real life, you know, where cops get discounts yeah. or free meals or whatever. Tyrese is like, yeah, they get free shit and it sucks. It's a very real twist called extortion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all, it's a, it's a refocus on the respect economy, which I really love um, because like, it's not you know she's resistant to this idea of that cops don't pay so she puts some money in the tip jar right so it's like she's received respect she needs to give respect and like yeah. you know i i was saluting during that entire scene <laughs> uh she finds out she's going to be partnered with uh, a police officer named brown to do the night shift she goes to meet him and he's talking with i think it's the same narc units that we see later in yeah. the movie uh they do not like her or even say hi to her at all everybody just hates her instantly because she's a woman i guess uh and she said she tells brown that she'll be riding along with him and uh the first pretty much the first thing he does to her is he disrespects her military service <laughs> which i thought was pretty great you know she said like he asks her where she's from she says where she's from and like i don't know it's some operating base that he knows about so he can say oh you were in the military she says yeah and he said yeah my dad was in the first iraq pointless bullshit or something like that <laughs> and i'm like oh that's cool yeah. you know that's cool that's like super disrespectful to her service like i like that um but then <laughs> uh then he says uh oh you're wearing that shit about her body camera and she says, uh, yeah, might as well. Like, we're all going to be wearing them soon enough. And he says, well, don't fucking point it at me. And I'm like, okay, so he's the bad guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> he was yeah, disrespecting her military service, not because he was super cool, but because he's super bad. <laughs> he's a bad guy, yeah. Um, it's also important to note that he is uh, black. He is the uh, bad black cop as well, right? We, like, I've um, already said his name is Officer Brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Officer POC. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think it's a kind of a recurring theme that's first brought up here about like how body cams are like the apex of accountability and like, you know, we got the body cam footage, like that's all you need. Yeah. You know, that makes policing great. Yeah. It's also very weird that she says, "Oh, we're all going to be wearing them soon enough, might as well start now." So she has she opted into the body cam program? 
Yes, because yeah. it's not mandatory yet. Oh, cool. Yeah, this is an option cops can take. They just not. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is just Agent 47-ing everyone around <laughs> well, them. Well, I mean, even when it is required, they're like, oh, didn't work. Weird. Yeah. Well, and they're, they're shown being able to, like, turn them on and off all the time. They're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. got to chase after someone. Turn it on. Like, it's very weird. It's a very weird <laughs> system they have here. I, I would be I would be kind of like if a cop pulled me over and they had like their own GoPro on them. I don't I don't know if I'd either be like you fucking nerd or be like worried that I'm gonna be part of a snuff film. <laughs> Imagine being like the one cop who opts into the body cam program at like cop lunch or whatever. Like <laughs> like just as if there aren't social pressures, so I'll make sure these people don't like last in the force for more than like two weeks. Well, yeah. the future is oh, all yeah. cops become Twitch streamers. I think that's where it's kind of positioning uh, things to be going in. Uh, well, that'd be good because then we can just like donate directly to the boys in blue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, they're they're doing the night shift. They get a call about like some altercation at a club. Uh, they go. It's like a you know it's it's a crowd outside of the front of a club. Uh, Alicia <laughs> jumps out of the car like just. I don't know, forces her way through the crowd and puts one of the guys who was fighting up against the wall. And she's like, got him by the throat and the heart, the arm. And she's like, calm down, calm down. And he's like, uh, I'm calm. I'm calm. Please don't kill me. You know, that absolutely incredible de-escalation technique of pinning someone against the wall by their throat. That always works. Yeah. And the dude, the dude is like, okay, yeah, I'm calm. <laughs> I'm calm. And it's not, and the just... scene isn't played for like tension. The scene is like, oh, she's got control. And she's also speaking to him like a human being because she's like, calm down, sir. Calm down. But yeah, she's just grabbing him by the throat. It's funny. Um, but it's all things I've seen like Caesar Milan tell people to do. <laughs> so it's, like, not, it's not really a human being. The thug whisperer. <laughs> and so as she's doing this, trying to find out what happened, the the guy that this guy that she's got was actually fighting is like sneaking around the back of the crowd to like shoot her in the back of the head, apparently, in front yeah, of all these yeah, people. For sure. This is how they do it. This is how these criminals do it. Okay. If if you have your back turned on one, they're gonna shoot you in the back of the head. It doesn't matter if there's 30 witnesses and another cop in a cop car right behind them. They're gonna premeditatively decide to sneak up and kill you. And so the other cop uh, at the last second grabs this second guy, uh, you know, prevents him from pulling his gun out, throws him onto the hood of the car. And uh, he's got his arm behind his back on the hood of the car. And he says, uh, you know, what does he say? What's the thing that he keeps saying? He's like, calm down or stop resisting or something like that. Yeah, he's saying like stop resisting and like he's being extra aggressive. And the guy is kind of like the guy's kind of trying to tell him to him chill. And he's being he is being aggressive back. Yeah, he's, he's being extra aggressive. Like the guy the he's cop like is. slamming his head like over and yeah. over into the cop car. Well, he's doing what cops do. He's yeah. doing the, the the regular the regular trunk slam. Yeah, yeah, he's just doing it, but it's it's like heightened, you know, for the movie and he's just doing it yeah. over and he does it like literally about 8 times. He's like, "Stop slamming yourself. Stop slamming yourself." <laughs> and uh Alicia, it's and then he eventually like it's so funny because it's so cartoonish because the guy isn't like even fighting back at all. Like you naturally would in that situation. Yeah. You naturally would like be struggling to stop having your head be slammed into the truck of a car or whatever but it's just happening 
And the cop just keeps getting madder and madder and madder. And so he says, I'll fucking pop you right here. And he pulls his gun out and points it at the guy's head. <laughs> and and he says, I'll pop you right here. And Alicia's like, that's not necessary. That is not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> not, she's just like, not cool, dude. Dude, not cool. It's, that's a little overboard, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> it feels like the writer of this film was like too um, squeamish to watch videos of like uh, officers yeah. murdering people but they did skim the wikipedia article <laughs> and then derive all their uh writing yeah. from that right like it's yeah. just such a you you mentioned heightened but it's almost like crosses the line into parody during this scene yeah, yeah. And, oh yeah yeah and we all remember those videos of cops um when you know after a chase is done or something um you know four of the officers are uh calling um, you know, the person they caught, like every racial slur in the book, uh, and they're about to cave their skull in. And then there's always that one officer who's like, you know, I feel like this is a little bit excessive, you know, and totally. he's kind of turning the mirror on the police and saying, do you think this is appropriate? And, uh, and that that's what makes them a hero. Well, that's why the media is so crooked. They don't want to show you that one cop who's like off, off screen saying, hey, why don't we rethink this, guys? There's always that one cop who is saying, I don't know about this, but the media cuts it out. They crop the picture and you can't see that cop. Um, they go back. They're like winding down. Uh, they go back to a diner. It's like a hard. Oh, cut. I think real, real I think quick, a real really quick. a really critical part of this is yeah. that you know she's screaming. Alicia's screaming. This is not necessary. Please stop. And then he pulls out a gun, and he was like, "That was meant for you." And so you find out that like police brutality sometimes okay. Totally. Yeah. yeah. He pulls and the, the guy's gun waited. out of the guy's waistband or whatever. And it was like a, a also kind of a cartoonish looking revolver, um, yeah. and and he like throws it like on he just throws it on the hood of the car where like anyone can still get it, yeah, yeah. And, including the and guy also, he has pinned. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be funny and if also, the guy why just did it like take you that long to unarm him? Yeah, wouldn't it be funny if the guy like wiggled his body and then swallowed the gun as evidence? <laughs> Like a snake. <laughs> it was small enough. Like it, it really did look like a pea shooter. It looked like one of those uh like pistols that old timey prostitutes have in their uh in yeah. their garters. Yeah, a, a derringer. Um Yeah. Have you have you guys seen that actual uh police that cop car footage of that guy swallowing his, his drugs as evidence? No. no. That's what I was, that's what I was referencing. Awesome. A, a, a cop throws <laughs> throws a guy's baggie on the hood while he's got him like pinned up against the hood and the cop turns around to make a call and the guy like shifts his body <laughs> forward and eats the baggie. <laughs> that's yes. so fucking cool. cool. Yeah, yes. it's great. Um, yeah, so they go back to a diner. You know, uh, this Officer Brown has proven that actually, like you said, he was in the right because this guy was just a police assassin. He was he was an elite anti-cop <laughs> assassin who was going to take her out, and Officer Brown saved her life. And so she's the one who apologizes to him at the diner. And then he gives uh, a speech, and which uh, the lines here are, uh, you think you're black, that these are your people? You're blue now. <laughs> And this is like She's, the theme of the movie is that this is how like this is how simpletons view society. This is how like shallow people interact with society. They think like racism is a team sport where you're either on team black or team cop. <laughs> and that's the way and I'm saying that like 
the movie says that shallow people act that way, but they show like everybody in this movie who we're supposed to be critical of acting exactly this way. You're blue now. You think you're black, you're blue now. Or you're not one of us, yeah. you're one of them. It's a very weird message of this movie. Also the message of the movie Avatar, just throwing that out there. <laughs> well, well, as I, I, yeah. I will say though that like I mean, um he's right. Like you are now a a class trader, you're a race trader. Um you suck. Yep. You I, I I do want to make that very clear. But like it, you suck. But it's I the way that the movie is framing it is that black people are automatically the criminals and so you've decided to become a blue you've separated yourself from the criminal element because it isn't yeah, like that's a, the only way you can do it, it isn't like a cop versus working class thing because i don't think anybody else in the project i don't think there's any non-black people in the projects here um no no and every everybody everybody is like working the trap yeah, it was like a little trap commune, dude. That, the, <laughs> it's so we'll get into it later. But the the commune they I'm gonna had, make the so compound. much money off of the concept of trap commune. <laughs> so yeah, it was yeah, it was the crime building. Everyone lived at yeah. the building to do crime and record police officers, <laughs> and that was how the economy just kind of functioned. <laughs> um, so dude gets a call. Officer Brown uh, says, you know, hey, we got a call, we got to go, and she's like, on your cell phone. Because he, he was just talking on his personal cell phone. I thought that was a funny line. She's like, on your cell phone? This is this is weird. Um, and then I guess when we have like private cops, uh, or I guess there already are, that will be a reality that we all live in. Yeah. Calling our own personal cop. So they go to, it's like morning now. They go to some abandoned warehouse. And he tells her to wait in the car. He says he's got to meet with CIs, which I don't know, is it like informants. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And so he goes inside the building. She sees uh, a guy try to steal the car that's like right in front of her while she's parked there. And she's like, are you kidding me? So she gets out, uh, turns on her camera to chase this guy who's running away. But then she hears gunshots coming from inside the warehouse. So she decides to investigate it where she sees the inciting incident of this movie, which is uh, Officer Brown, along with the narcotics officers, execute informant drug dealers unarmed kids who were like basically pleading for their lives saying they wouldn't tell anyone what was going on and uh the bad narc guys uh killing them anyway and then yeah saying like i know you won't talk because you're dead and i just killed you um, and the guy was like you forgot about ghosts <laughs> <laughs> the like naivety of the uh of the lead character or whatever is now that you mentioned it, when she's like, oh, you're on your cell phone, you know what I mean? Or like, calm down, no one needs to do this. Or even in this scene, right, where she's like, how could they? Um, is like yeah. staggering. Like, I didn't realize until this moment just like how stupid the main character actually is. <laughs> she, no, she's just so optimistic. I mean, her whole life is like this like bullshit, like sad, like optimism. She's like, you know, and it's true. I mean, the, the military does pray, <gasps> does pray on the hood. You know, they do like claim to give opportunities that aren't really i'm you know they're they're handing camaros out you know um and uh like she goes for that so that is her life she is like oh no i'm doing the right thing people do the right thing everyone does the right thing and then um yeah for, for some reason goes back to like the hood that she grew up in that she had to get out of to like police it to try to help it which is really weird and like sadly optimistic because if it's not optimistic, it's just straight predatory, right? Yeah. But this character, this character is supposed to be like 
not that. This character is supposed to be a good person. So it's it, her whole thing is like really sad, like naivete. It's really, it's really a, it's really a bummer. Cops shouldn't be so naive. That should be part of the job. <laughs> well, what we learn in this movie is that policing uh, is equal to community organizing. Uh, it's the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was really interesting because, like, they're clearly at like you know pretty much like the factory from RoboCop where Murphy gets shot up. Uh-huh. Um, and the partner's just like, "Don't fucking come in here because I'm a crooked cop." And then the <laughs> shots start going off, and she's like, "Huh, might as well just kind of wander over there, yeah. see what's up." Yeah. And then clearly watches an execution, and then it's just like. I'm, I'm taking you boys in. <laughs> I've had enough of this corruption. I loved it. Yeah, she steps out and she's like, get your damn hands off that gun. And then they just all shoot her. <laughs> Looks like you just broke the rules. <laughs> and then also she like turns on her body cam, but she like doesn't call for backup. Yeah. Multiple shots fired, officers in there. I don't need backup. And I feel like there's some weird like... You know, I don't think this movie was written by a cop either. I'm not a cop expert, but like this rookie is like seemingly terrified, like calling in this code that I think we're led to believe like there are crooked cops and they're doing like hitman stuff. And then another (laughs) cop's just like, oh, uh, don't worry about it. (laughs) And then the operator's like, well, okay, I see your point. Bye. Yeah. She Uh, says like, we have a, we have a 108 or something. And then the, and then uh, yeah, I guess that's supposed to mean like crooked cop. That's the code for crooked cop. Uh, yeah. And the other cop, like you said, gets on and he's like, actually, dispatch, let me take care of this. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> she's like, got it. Bye. <laughs> Click. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> so, do, uh, do, do. Yeah, she's banging on doors trying to get in. You know, she's still in like, like low income area. You know, nobody wants to help her uh, because she's not one of them right she's one Mm. of the others um she plays for the other team and she's banging on doors help help um you know you're not supposed to do that you're supposed to yell fire and that's when people will actually you're supposed to yell i'm on fire you're supposed to bang on people's doors (laughs) yeah yell that you're on a bunch of doors with a bunch of doors she bangs on aren't there like no answers at all like it's not even people answering it's just no response looking through windows people are looking through windows yeah. right yeah um and then the the one the one lady's on the porch but then she's cut off by like the the young man that's with her who's like no you got to take this shit elsewhere I, you got to go no yeah. we don't need that in here <laughs> he was like where's the warrant at and also their their like door was just a frame did you see yeah. that <laughs> like this, it yeah it was it's like a yeah, screen was, door with but, no screen in it um, it's fun. It, that also stops her from getting in yeah. somehow. Well, she still can't get into that. It's either. funny because she's banging on people's doors and like you know the whole thing is like, oh they think she's a cop trying to get into their house or whatever you know and they're suspicious of cops so they're not going to let her in, and she just doesn't have any chance to explain herself or whatever. But she does explain herself to that the the older woman and her son or whatever, and they're yeah. like. Oh, crooked cops are after you? Oh, yeah, sure, I'll let you into my house. Get the fuck out of here. What are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's yeah. it's even, it's, like, worse than that. Like, oh, you mean even more openly crooked cops are hunting you? Oh, yeah, sure, I'll let you in my house. <laughs> um, if you had a family and this happened to you, I mean, would you ever say you're going to insert yourself into a situation where cops are shooting other cops and now one of those cops is asking to, like, be let into your house? Like, fuck no. You know what no. I mean? Like, the... The whole idea of this scene that, like, the community is not helping her, it's like, well, no shit. Like, that's a very realistic thing to have happen. It, like, not invite trouble or guns into your house, right? 
Yeah. Well, I, if, yeah, if that yeah. happened to me, I would be like, no, I'm not blue. I'm black. You don't get to come in here. <laughs> That's my understanding of the world based on this of movie. This movie yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, she go- ends up going back to Tyrese, right? Uh, well, this is like the first yeah. time she she breaks into uh, she breaks into Tyrese's market, which I guess like he either owns or he runs. It's kind of unclear. Um, I think he just works there because the other guy who they get this they, they talk to later was not Tyrese, right? And he seemed to have authority. Yeah, he seemed yeah. maybe the senior employee there or whatever. Um, she goes into the back of Tyrese's market. He hears her. Um, he triggers the silent alarm, which is just a doorbell, like an aftermarket doorbell. Uh, which I don't know, maybe <laughs> that's real. It just it looked funny. Um, and uh, he goes to the back to see who's back there. And uh, it's it's her, right? And she asks for help. He really doesn't want to help her. Um, she kind of wins him over a little bit, but then the cops get there responding to the break-in call because what had happened was is the cops that were hunting her through the neighborhood, there's some good... I, I liked the, the chase scenes through the neighborhood. I thought they were, yeah. they were well, yeah. like, exciting enough or whatever. Um, other cops have joined in the chase... They can't find her. They lost her. They get this call to respond to a possible break-in at Tyrese's store. They, uh, The narcs tell the other cops, hey, you got to go respond to this call because we can't have any other cops in this neighborhood while we're like looking around for her, which is weird because they're just like, you would think that they would go to Tyrese's store just to get it out of the way, like handle it as quickly <laughs> as possible yeah. and then move on and continue to search. But they go there to just like swing their dicks around and abuse Tyrese is very weird yeah i really like the the scene in there when she's trying to like stop the bleeding by putting um pressure on the wound and he's saying where did you where did you learn that (laughs) she's like (laughs) in service (laughs) like she's it's just like again setting her up as the hero i wrote this down because it's not even when she's like closing the wound with super glue you know because she's asked like how do i stop the or like you know, do you have any super glue? Do you have any stitches or whatever? And he's like, I don't know. And she's like, <laughs> he he finds a first aid kit and he throws her like a bandage, you know, like a like a, a cloth bandage that's in sort of like a mm-hmm. nappy sack wrapper or whatever. And she rips it open with her teeth and he goes, where'd you learn to do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like, I was in Afghanistan and Iraq. We opened all kinds of shit with our teeth. <laughs> but that's quick, actually one thing i really need to talk about with uh with the tyrese thing so when tyrese is being harassed by these cops and being like abused by these cops tyrese is like crying Yeah, he starts crying it's fucked up tyrese is crying which is by the way it's totally okay to cry in these moments but i don't think tyrese's character would cry in this situation i think tyrese's character has been through this a million times okay. and i don't think he's necessarily crying for the situation He's frustrated, he's upset, but I don't think his character is going to cry right there. Uh, he's actually crying with joy because all those years of giving officers free shit has finally paid off when they arrive promptly to his distress call. <laughs> um, like He's just very happy that this is something that's happened, and he's very you know happy to have that sort it's of solidarity. It. It's all worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I did this for you. 
Yeah, so he's like he's like starting to kind of trust Alicia or at least like be on her side now that he's seen the real bad cops. He's seen Alicia who is trying to do the right thing and then he's contrasting that with just the monstrous cops who come in and basically like threaten to rape him with their gun just because they're responding to a possible break-in. Yeah. Um and He's, you know, she says, uh, you know, I got to meet up with my partner. Can I use your phone? He lets her use his phone. She calls his partner who's like, hey, I'm getting I'm getting my sex on. What do you need here? You know, and she's like, <laughs> she tells him what's going on, where to meet her. And so a, a funny part to me, at least, was uh, Tyrese is like, you know, you, you can't go out there looking like in your uniform here. Wear this. And he throws her a hoodie so that she won't get shot by the cops, I guess. <laughs> I'm just like, come on, yep, come on, yep, yep. Like, is that a, is that an intentional joke? Because that's the only way I, I read that. Oh, I, I, yeah, I don't think we can even give it that kind of credit. I don't think they're that that, no. that thoughtful. No, um, I don't yeah. think so either. Man, she goes to meet her part. It's actually, it's actually like foreshadowing to when we're gonna meet Luke Cage. <laughs> She goes to meet her partner. Uh, she's really panicked. I mean, she's doing a pretty good job throughout this movie uh, her, as an actress. Um, she meets her partner. She's kind of like telling him what's going on. And he's like, yeah, that sucks. And she's like, he's like, what are you going to do? And she's like, I got to I gotta get this footage uploaded. Like, that's the only way to uh, save her life, basically, is to prove that these cops yeah. are crooked. She needs to get this body cam footage back to a precinct, upload it. And then after that, like it'll it'll automatically trigger an internal affairs investigation, and the day will be uh -huh. saved or whatever, yep. <laughs> which is a joke. <laughs> um, and the guy, her partner, is like, "Well, you can't turn it in; you'll be a rat." <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's just it's funny how casually he says, he's, "He's all yeah, sure, L like let him get fired, let the let the chief fire him, but let's keep it hush hush." You know what I mean? Yeah. And she's just like, oh, that sucks. You know, and she's like realizing that he's also like a shitty cop. And then he's also given away that he knows too much by actually naming which cops she has footage of. He's like, you yeah. know, like what, what is the guy's name? Malone or something? Yeah. Malone, she's like, yeah. let, he's like, let the chief fire Malone, you know, don't, don't submit the footage or whatever. And she's like, I never said the name Malone. How did you know? Um, and then she she's on the run again, right? She handcuffs her partner yeah. to the cop, and then she's on the run again, and she runs to Tyrese's apartment because he's told her <laughs> where he lives, which is Kingston Manor, or is it somewhere I, else? I, it's I think I think well, it's not. It's kind of close. I think I think it's right there. Yeah, I think it's somewhere else. Uh, she runs to his apartment. She finds his apartment. Uh, she meets him when he's coming inside, but also the kid. Uh, who was skateboarding out front of the market is like Tyrese's next door neighbor. The kid sees that she is like petitioning Tyrese for help. Tyrese tells the kid go back inside or whatever. And uh, he lets Alicia come inside his apartment against his better judgment. Yeah. Um, I like this film's idea that there are just no computer stores in New Orleans. You know what I mean? <laughs> like just you know what the cloud is. If this is like the mission of the movie, just go to, you know, uh, I don't know what an American computer, go to Best Buy and like plug in your memory card. <laughs> right. Like but well, you need I, that special reader. Yeah. I mean, the yes, artificial MacGuffin. Yeah. I kind of agree with that because like I, I, it's a similar setup with, <clears throat> with the way these body cams work. They all slot into like a, a holder slash reader at the precinct. And like, 
you know, not to flex here, but I do work for UPS, right? And so I have a scanner that I carry with me every day, and we have the same sort of like slot system at work. And that's what uploads the information to the scanner for like what I'm going to be delivering that day. And there's no way I could take that scanner to Best Buy and be like, it's all no, proprietary. Yeah, there's no USB like there's, port on the scanner or whatever. That's fucking wild because yeah. some company is making billions off of just like having a three pin connector instead of a four pin connector for the same memory card. I didn't know that. That's insane. Yeah. No, somebody owns an island because they they make the the UPS scanners. <laughs> Um, that island was Little St. James. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she goes She goes back to Tyrese. She's talking to Tyrese. And uh, Tyrese finds out that, you know, like what actually happened. And the person that Malone, the crooked narc, executed was somebody named Zero, which is like something that Alicia remembers offhand that that was the kid's name. I don't even remember hearing that. Mm-hmm. But she's like, yeah, he was some innocent kid named Zero or whatever. And Tyrese has uh, one of the best lines of the movie. You want to deliver this one, Evan? I think this was your your favorite. Quote, this shit just went up a level. I love it so much. Like, it's a great trailer line, but Tyrese delivers it perfectly. Like, you know, it's it's like he's he was waiting for this every day of his life, right? He was just like, you know, taking care of the store. Like, oh, you know, another fucking day. My boss give me shit. And then finally, you know, the crooked cop stuff comes to his door and he's like, this shit just went up a level. I'm ready. Like, let's go on (laughs) an incredible movie adventure. The first draft was, this shit just got real. And they were like, no, (laughs) we'd be better than that. This shit just went up a level. And then Alicia, he says that, this shit just went up a level. And then Alicia's whole body starts glowing gold. There's like music. And then she gains two more skill points to use, uh, which I think one of them is like fast healing and the other one is like fast talk. I think uh, something that I've been really like noticing quite a bit is I'm watching like a lot of like early 2000s like HBO shows and the way that they like write black characters is just so like painfully obvious that it's only white writers in the room. Like I'm thinking of there's a uh, very seminal uh, episode of Sex in the City from season one where Samantha is dating a black chef whose like sister doesn't want him to date a white woman. And at one point there is a fight that breaks out between them and uh, the man just yells, keep it real, keep it real. <laughs> no, that's a thing. Um, we, do that. we do that. Those are all sound bites from Thanksgiving. Uh, so we cut back to uh, the the crooked cops having to deal with the aftermath of this crime scene where they've executed two informants. Um, but Malone is like, let me handle this. Let me take care of it. Let me keep it under wraps because they've said that Alicia is the one who has killed zero. They said yeah. that she's the one who's executed these drug dealers because she got trigger happy. She got spooked as a rookie cop and killed them. That's their story that they're going with. And so, which they do this thing, which I don't know is, is like normal police procedure, but they invite the next of kin to zero to like, I don't know, survey the crime scene and look at the body of his, uh, of his nephew. And this is, I was gonna say, is that, is that how they're, is that how they do that? Because that was really weird. I, I was like, they do that. How was, how was nobody suspect of that? And just real quick, just touch on the captain. I do think that the captain was cast to be like, um, this like wholesome looking older black woman who like in, you know, movies that's like wisdom and like 
you know, like no there's going to be some truth there, yeah. you know? And like, so I, and also it's not only just, a that's not just like two women in the force. It's two black women in the force. So she's going to hopefully have her back a little bit. So I think that was very on purpose to be like, okay, cool. This is probably our way out. It is like, if you're a crooked cop who killed a guy, it is like a power move that I could totally see a cop doing. Just like inviting their nephew, uh, their uncle to the crime scene being like, look at your dead, look at your dead nephew. Oh. Yeah. Just look at him. Yeah, this, this whole scene, I mean, like the movie does a pretty good job of like showing how this crooked cop is thinking on his feet and like navigating this, this insane plot twist, these, these insane plot developments. And yeah, he invites Darius, who is like the leader of the Kingston gang. What are they called? They're just called the Kingstons or something. The Sean Kingstons, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he Darius is the leader. Zero was his nephew. This is why it's such a big deal. This is why it, this shit just went up a level. Darius <laughs> enters uh, the movie and is played by Luke Cage. I'm sorry, I don't remember the actor's name. Uh, I loved him in Luke Cage and <laughs> it's just, it's so funny to see him in this role. He steps out of, uh, steps out of his Escalade wearing sunglasses at night, a giant fur coat and uh, a grill. <laughs> and it's like, he's still just so much Luke Cage, but he's just wearing all these like, I don't know, borderline comical props. Yeah, bad boy accoutrement. He's just dressed like Diddy. Yeah. Like, that is 100% his aesthetic, which is, again, like, very telling that no one in this film knows anything about what they're making. I love Mike Coulter. Uh, I loved his look in this movie. And, like, I love, like, just, like, the evil music that plays. Like, whenever, like, someone who, like, is even affiliated with, like, drug dealing or something, it's just like, bum, bum, bum. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just, like, a normal guy who's, like, you know, maybe he loves crime and drugs and that's fine. Um, but, yeah, he doesn't, like, change his acting very much from Luke Cage. Like, it's just, like, you know, I'm hanging out and maybe we'll commit some crimes along the way. He drops a lot of Gs. Uh, he, he adopts some slang that you wouldn't have heard Luke Cage say, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if you guys went over this already, but um that whole character I was I was reading about it. That whole character is actually an homage to Mbaku from Black Panther. Wow. Uh, you know, who was kind of a bad guy, um, but also kind of a righteous guy. Um that's where that's where the jacket comes from. That's where the growling um, comes that's, from. That's where the growling comes from. <laughs> uh the uh the grill is an homage to that too. Um the ice as where they lived in the elevation. Um, yeah, so that character is just an homage to Mbaku. Dude, I loved evil Luke Cage. I, I loved evil Luke Cage so much because, yeah, like, there's a point where he's torturing Tyrese and he's just, like, growling into the camera. It's so funny. He's just like, oh, I get to do some pain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it sounded almost like Leatherface. It was, it's so good. And he's just so adorable. Like, it's so hard to take him seriously <laughs> yeah. as, like, because his face is just so sweet. He's got just, like, the sweetest, <laughs> happiest face. And to see him do this role, I mean, he didn't do a bad job with it. He, he did a competent job with it, but it was just very fun. Yeah, so he gets brought to the crime scene. He's like, oh, no, look what they did to my nephew, my sweet nephew. And, uh, the cop is like, yeah, I'm going to tell you exactly who did this and get this. It wasn't me. All right. <laughs> it was this other cop. Right. And he gives the info on Alicia. 
And uh, there's there's another funny power move. Like you said, it's funny to have him come like look over his his dead nephew or whatever, where uh, uh, Darius goes to touch his nephew's face, and Malone is like, "Don't touch him! No, no, don't uh -uh. <laughs> no, don't touch him!" And then Darius says, "Can I at least close his eyes?" Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the cops like, "Nope, no touching." Uh -uh. <laughs> um. It's, what it's, is that? It's just meant to like make Darius even more mad. Like he's just like, oh, I if didn't I even get to close his eyes, if I could have touched him, I'd be slightly less homicidal right now. Um, the one thing I will say about Mike Coulter though is he's the only actor in this entire movie who knows exactly what kind of movie he's in. Totally. Like he's he's just milking every scene for his worth. Like he knows it's a paycheck, and he's just enjoying the hell out of it. Yeah, I loved yeah. him in this. Darius puts out like an APB on all the burner phones uh, that uh, Alicia's the guy, the cop who killed Zero, right? And the, I guess the other nephew or that kid who's in the neighboring apartment to Tyrese sees this message and, you know, realizes that Zero's killer supposedly is uh, right next door. Um, we go back to Alicia and Tyrese and Tyrese is like, why did you become a cop? You know, basically. And her explanation is so bizarre. She says, well, so I was deployed overseas. I was in the yeah. army or whatever. And eventually, you know, I just stopped seeing enemies. I stopped seeing allies. <laughs> I just started yeah. seeing people, not good or bad, just people <laughs> trying to make it. And I was like, so you became a cop? <laughs> yeah, you stopped seeing bad people so you you became the person who punishes the non-bad people what are you talking about well that's that's the moral of the movie you know at the end she's like you know i stopped seeing black <laughs> stopped seeing blue <laughs> started um, seeing red I just, yeah i just saw people trying to make it and realized hey somebody has to stop this yeah, yeah. Somebody has to make this way harder for everyone. Yeah. Also, like, how fucked was her deployment when it was really not clear who was on her side and who wasn't? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, she, dude, <laughs> she's like, I went overseas. Uh, I fought in Afghanistan or Iraq for two years, and it really just helped clear my head. <laughs> yeah, I, I came back right with a here. new look on life. I came back with a, with a much more, like, sensible and non-judgmental <laughs> perspective on, on people and what? I just really like zenned out when I was there, you know, did a lot of meditation, Honestly, a lot I recommend of self-care, yoga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she, um, like going to Afghanistan is essentially downloading a mindfulness app. Yeah. Um, but the, t the title of the movie, Black and Blue, uh, it's actually kind of a nice allusion uh, to the fact that she was in Blackwater in Afghanistan. <laughs> she actually committed yeah. a, a number of war crimes. And now she's really sad about it. And that's where the blue yeah. came in. So. Yeah, you know, the, the Korangal Valley yoga retreat. <laughs> no, it really re reads like she took a gap year before becoming a cop, you know. She's like, I needed to have some fun over in the Middle East. Before I could... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, the kid comes in, the, the kid from next door comes in and tries to assassinate her, basically, but she, got, she gets the drop on him. You know, she was asleep, but she hears him, pulls her gun out. There's like a, a standoff between them. Tyrese comes in, he grabs the gun from the kid. He's like, oh, this gun isn't even loaded, you idiot. How are you going to kill a cop like that? <laughs> and um, he's like... That scene, that scene should have carried so much more weight. Yeah. Because it's a point where it's literally like a, a child... And like a, and like, 
both pistols drawn with a cop. Mm-hmm. Like that scene should have been so much heavier, and for some reason, it just wasn't. No. <laughs> Well, you never thought that she was going to do anything because she's the good cop. She's the good, like, yeah. restrained cop or whatever. She's ne- she would never kill a kid, even if he's pointing a gun at her face or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so she finds that she discovers that now Darius and all the Kingston crew think that she's the one who killed Zero. They're, you know, she's been framed. So now she's got the cops and the gangs looking for her which is like kind of the premise of the movie it's it's a pretty fun premise you know she's like assaulted on all sides by this she has to leave they encounter some of the kingston kingston dudes who like shoot at her she takes them out and then tyrese has the to shot take one of them out as well um but tyrese gets shot in the process so he's like go on without me uh you go to that church there's a there's a priest there uh, who he'll take care of you and he'll get you out of here or whatever. And Can you she- still claim sanctuary these days? Uh, only in John Wick. <laughs> In John Wick and Daredevil, I think those are the two franchises yeah. where you can go to churches and then the bad guys are like, we got to respect it. I'm going to go to the Basilica where Wayne Gretzky got married and claim sanctuary there. <laughs> that's, um, uh, that's, that's the thing, though, is that um, in New Orleans, there's no Catholics. And oh. all those series is, those are all Catholics doing it. Well, I think, I think <laughs> we know that police would honor the sanctuary rules, but these are crooked cops, okay? So they, yeah. Wouldn't, yeah. they wouldn't honor that code. And then all of a sudden she can climb fences out of nowhere, like I said, because earlier those <laughs> four foot ones were just, she could not get through those gates. <laughs> but now she can hop a fence. Well, she got that fast healing perk from the level up. Yeah, she leveled up. They also, <laughs> that that's when, when the cops realized, they're like, how did she get away? And they're like, what? You didn't tell me she joined the military when she was 17 and did two tours. <laughs> you didn't tell me we were dealing with the hero here. <laughs> very important information. Are you telling me that we're taking on a pro gamer? <laughs> yeah. They take Tyrese back to the Kingston apartments and uh, Darius, Luke Cage, is like just giving him kidney punch after kidney punch while he's chained up to the ceiling. Uh, and he's like talk talk or whatever tell us where she is missy who is i think the cousin of tyrese is she related to tyrese i think so yeah missy the mother from the beginning of the movie uh she she's like let me talk to him let me like talk some sense into him or whatever she she goes up to tyrese and she says listen like this cop she ain't one of us she picked her side and when she says one of us, she doesn't mean like part of the gang or anything. She means one of us like a black. Yeah, like she's not a black character. person anymore. She's a cop now. <laughs> yeah. She's now a cop. It's so yeah, weird. It, in the character creator, uh, Naomi Harris chose cop instead of black person. <laughs> so uh, they, they don't actually like have the same quest lines anymore. Um, and I, one thing about this movie that I think is interesting, um, much like the scene when everyone in town gets the same text, uh, saying that, um, this cop needs to get killed. Every black person in this movie knows each other or is related to each other. Um, and it's just like, you know, it's just one of those interesting things. No, that's called community. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, this actually went out, it it went out on the next door app. (laughs) (laughs) Or it was in uh, the the um, oh, the rant room Facebook page uh, for their community. Yeah, but this this whole movie has a way of like like I kind of said earlier, it has a way of f- framing like the entire black race as just a rival team. 
like a rival sports team, you know, in opposition yeah. to the cops. Um, and it's, it's just a way of like trying to show how, oh, anti-police bias is as stupid as like, uh, jingoism. You know, it's, it's yeah. as, it's as ridiculous as like hating the, the, uh, opposing team, the visiting team at your stadium. Like it's, and it's, it ignores all the actual, like race relations, class relations, the institutional yeah. racism over, you know, uh, hundreds of years to just be like, oh, these are people who like, you know, can't get over the colors on their t-shirt. I also like how they act like there's just an option you can I can I could just go check a box somewhere I'm like cool not black anymore <laughs> well yeah no she no um, more repercussions of that she didn't switch sides she got traded to the blues for you know a second round draft pick and yeah. Colin Kaepernick right like that's really yeah. what happened I think they've got a chance at the playoffs this year now <laughs> um, and yeah like even why these police forces get created in the first place like we live in Canada. Um, so the Northwest Mounted Police, the precursor to the RCMP, was created to have like a Canadian military presence uh, on the prairies in order to uh, take away indigenous land. <laughs> so wow. like, you know, it's, you know, there's very clear like, you know, class reasons, colonial reasons, like why these police forces exist in the way they do. But I'm glad that this movie um, kind of leaves us in a place of like, if we have a diverse police force of people who care about the communities they're in, then... You know, I, problem solved. I don't think there's going to be yeah, any issues from here on out. Um, and it's it would be interesting if there were a conversation that like two black police officers had with each other where it was like, yeah, you might be blue, but there's still like anti-black racism within the police force. You know, you like, because yeah. that's, that's something that's pretty widely reported on, you know, black police officers coming out and saying they experienced anti-black racism despite being a blue you know what i mean yeah. because it would undermine this whole like because the goal of the movie is to undermine this idea that you're either black or blue right you have to pick a yeah. team you have to pick a side or whatever well what would be better to undermine that idea than even if then even though you are a blue you still can't escape your blackness or whatever yeah but that's not the movie never does that the black cops in the movie reinforce the idea that you're not black anymore <laughs> yeah it, it does it does the opposite it, it does it does imply that like like that um once you join the police force your blackness is no longer held against you i mean like the captain is a black woman yeah you know like uh, there's there's several examples of like black higher ups in there so there is no like there's no implication that it is an issue within the police yeah they like they 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 argue they go against it even you know, and like in general like what this film is really advocating for is a softer way to police, uh, communities of color right like you know I don't know if you've seen like the Philadelphia DA and like how when he was elected he brought in a bunch of reforms around like community policing and stuff like that right it's like yeah, yeah. all you're really advocating for is a re is really just a softer way to incriminate people and like encroach on communities that you have no right encroaching on right and that's what this film yeah. is like pushing more than anything else as like a, a parallel option to the police system we have now which is no fuck you abolish it right yeah just yeah. like body cams will solve all the problems so it's at this point that we get almost the same exact ending as training day right there's been oh yeah a yeah, lot of parallels yeah. with training day throughout this movie you know a rookie wide-eyed idealistic cop goes uh 
goes on the beat with somebody who's like crooked or been around the block, you know, and they're experiencing the corruption to do with the police force. Well, this is like the most overt reference because Alicia decides she's got nowhere else to go. She's being hunted. Uh, Darius took Tyrese back to the Kingston apartments. So she decides to walk into the lion's den and she enters uh, the Kingston projects alone. And yeah. it's a very like walk of shame moment, right? She's walking down the center of this U-shaped uh, building and she removes her hoodie, revealing her police uniform. <laughs> and it's like she's stripping naked. There's this sense yeah. of shame. There's this sense of fear. Yeah. Her head is down and she's removing her last bit of armor, right? She's completely vulnerable and it like reinforces the idea that the blue uniform is now her new skin. Yeah. You know, yeah. she's like, this it's, is who I am. You know, I'm revealing myself at the in the hopes of yep. mercy. For reference, uh, it's essentially what any officer would experience walking into a Starbucks today, right? <laughs> uh, constantly under threat, you might not be served. Like, it's yeah. dangerous. <laughs> Yeah, so people are like mad at her because they know who she is. They're like, "Hey, it's it's that cop that it's that cop what killed Zero. and uh, they're mad at her and they're yelling and they're throwing things. And somebody yells like, "Yo, get your ass out of here!" And I was like, <laughs> "Like, I know they, I don't know, I know they don't like her, but I think the point is to like get her right. Like, yeah, it's not to yeah. like get her out of here. It's like." Well, oh, gr grab her. There she is. But it's like the writing is just so bad in this movie. They're like, okay, we need these people not to like her. So they're going to be yelling like, get lost. We don't, we don't want you around here anymore. I think yeah. one of my favorite moments in that scene, I think it was this scene, uh, was there was just like a guy driving by on his bike in slow motion mm -hmm. and like took yep. a photo of her and was <laughs> yeah. just like glaring at her. Yeah. I love that scene. Yeah. That that shot was so great. That yeah. shot was so great. He's doing like the Birdman hand rub together while he's riding his bike. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Every, everyone's recording. Everyone's filming yeah. this. Um. So, uh, do do do. Yeah, they get they get her back into the apartment. Uh, they they bring her up to Darius, and this is where Darius like gets even more evil. He just attacks her like a bear. You know, he starts like mauling her basically, <laughs> and it's uh, it's really it's really fun. You know, and um, he throws her in the bathtub, and he's about to kill her. And this is again like a kind of another reference to Training Day. Uh, Ethan Hawke winds up in a mm -hmm. in a bathtub at, at some point in that movie. Um, and she's like, "No, I have proof that it was Malone. Like you're being used. You're being set up." And his character is like, hmm? And he, like, has to think about it for, like, 10 seconds to realize, like, you know, what, oh, maybe those crooked cops were lying to me or whatever. <laughs> um, and she's like, I got proof. It's on my body cam, but I've stashed the body cam somewhere, which we did see her do that, which is probably a good idea, I yeah. guess. Um, and she's like, you show me Tyrese and I'll tell you where the body cam is. And this whole time, Missy's like, no, you can't trust her. Just kill her. <laughs> It's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> She's got to go. She killed Zero. I love Missy uh, mm. in this movie because both her uh, and another actress who appears for two seconds uh, poking her head out of a window are both uh, Black Lightning's daughters uh, on the CW show, oh. which a show I've really been enjoying recently. She's great in that. Um, and, you know, pretty good in this, too. 
You know, of all the people in this movie, Missy is most equipped to survive the revolution. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right now. Yeah. 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 They have the body camera, but they can't look at it because it is proprietary technology owned by Texas Instruments. And so uh, <laughs> Darius goes up to his like nerd nephew and he's yeah. like, he's like, hey, you play video games all day. Make this shit play. And he like throws the, <laughs> throws the body camera at him and he's like, yeah, I think I can hack into it. And so there's there's like this whole subplot of him trying to hack into the body cam and he like can't do it. And it's so funny because Darius has like a gun pointed at Alicia and he's like got got one eye on the hacking that's going on and one eye on his gun you know and yeah the, the the nephew is like oh i don't think i can do it and i don't think i can get into the video and so darius like pulls the trigger halfway and then the hacker's like oh no wait i think i got in and so he releases on the trigger like it's this very weird tension that doesn't have to exist um yeah. and eventually he gets in and he's able to play the video well, it, he gets in and it opens up right to the moment of the murder. <laughs> like, right there. Well, it opens up on Zero's voice. Like he hears yeah, yeah. Uh, Darius, like his ears perk up because he hears Zero's voice. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah. it uh, it was like resume from last played. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, change management's really difficult in any sort of organization. And I think Darius is kind of experiencing... Um, those troubles because he's trying to you know push his staff uh, you know to where he wants them to be you know transitioning that one employee from gamer to expert uh, police hacker yeah um, it's kind of a lateral move though if you think about it yeah you gotta make tough choices <laughs> uh, yeah so he sees that uh, the crooked cop actually lied to him oh my god and uh, that you know she was telling the truth he lets Tyrese down and he's like all right you guys are good I, I Tyrese is gonna be pissing blood for the rest of his life uh, but yeah. you know, you've earned the respect of Darius. <laughs> also, he wasn't crying during that moment, dude. It was <laughs> it was body blows by the giant Luke Cage for yeah. like an hour, just kidney shots. It, incredible. Yeah. So the, it, this all culminates in like a, a, a firefight in Darius's apartment, uh, and eventually like a fist fight between Darius and Malone, the crooked cop. Um, and we get one of my favorite lines, uh, in the film, which is they're like struggling and Malone somehow has the upper hand over Darius. Well, uh, he has a shield. He has like the riot shield or whatever. And they're kind of fighting over it. And Darius is trying to control, uh, Malone's gun at the same time. And Malone says, where's the body cam? And Darius says, it's up my Yes! <laughs> and then he gets shot and it's it's such an 80s line like it's such a schwarzenegger line like this could be a line in commando i fucking love it what's wild though is that he didn't believe him at all he doesn't like proceed to check his ass <laughs> the only note i made about the movie was on this scene which is this idea that uh yeah the crooked cops have to get their comeuppance but so does the drug dealer you know what i yeah. mean it's like you couldn't go the movie without letting the drug dealer live no he's a he's a drug dealer so he also has to die right yeah yeah well i was surprised tyrese didn't die like i thought tyrese was gonna die back when she was looking for sanctuary um yeah no, you can't kill the only the only good black man in all of New Orleans. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, I think totally. that was yeah. And then so the plan is now Tyrese uh, has this plan to get <laughs> the body cam out of the projects, and he's yeah. like, they're looking for a female cop, right? 
And I'm like, oh my God, where is this going? Where I cannot wait to see where this is going. Uh, and I thought he was going to like shave her head and like turn it into a mustache or something. You get like a Mrs. Doubtfire moment. Um, but no, he says, I'll wear your vest and I'll take the body cam out. I'll pretend to be a cop and I'll take the body cam back to the precinct and upload the footage. And this yeah. is like such an insane idea. Uh, it's such an awful idea, but you know, I, I love it. I love that idea. And I do like when he goes, well, I won't know what to do. And she goes, it's okay. And then she, apparently she educates him on how to upload the footage right there. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, because he goes, I don't know shit about computers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that aspect of his character where he's just like technologically illiterate. Like for some reason, like he's just like, you know what? If you're trying to call me, don't bother. If you're asking me to Google something, I won't do it. Yeah. Um, but like, granted, this is like a very specialized process. He's like login credentials and like probably some access codes to the police department. This he's feels like a really difficult right plan slot for the body cam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny. I like his character in this because he is very humble. Like, he seems like a real yeah. person. You know, he seems like a yeah. normal-ass person who's, like, not really sure of what he should do or he's not sure how to handle, like, internal police protocols or whatever. <laughs> but he still has this idea, like, oh, I'll just I'll pretend to be a cop. I'll get a cop car somehow. I'll drive back to the station, go into the station, find this dispatch room, and, uh, yeah, log into the terminal, access the crypt key, and uh, do all this stuff. They do this plan and he leaves the compound and it's like, you know, cops are like arresting everybody there and escorting them yeah. out. Other cops are leaving and he's just got the bulletproof vest on and the body cam and he walks out and one of the people- and a jacket. Like, no jacket. One of the one of the cops who's like regulating, who's monitoring, who's coming out is her old partner. Yeah. And he recognizes Tyrese and looks at him and then lets him go by. And this was like- it reminded me so much like it's it's so funny because it reminded me of something like much more I don't know serious and dramatic like it reminded me of like a holocaust movie or yeah. I'm trying uh -huh. to remember like specifically what movie it reminds me of where somebody is getting out of somewhere that they that they shouldn't be actually able to leave and because of like the mercy of one person not turning them in they're allowed to leave <clears throat> sound of music it might be the pianist that's a scene that happens in the pianist <laughs> I've never seen The Pianist, but I'm, I'm sure that's, like, exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, at first they came for the good cops, and I said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> because I was not a good cop. <laughs> the, the best part, the this best whole, part Sorry, this here, whole movie is kind of like doing a song and dance routine to pretend, like, the police industrial complex isn't as bad as it, as it actually is. Totally, <laughs> yeah. This whole movie is the main character of The Pianist, like, or... No, I'm thinking of what's the other one? The joke? What's the, what's that one? L Laughter is oh, the yeah. best medicine. What's that? Yeah, Life yeah. is beautiful. With like Robin Williams or something. Yeah, that Hatch Hatch. Life is beautiful. Jacob, Jacob the liar. No, that's a deep cut. <laughs> um, which I was one, thinking it, like, of Life is Beautiful. With the uh, kid and the dad. Yeah. Yeah, this movie is like Antonio Baratucci or whatever, pretending that, that there isn't like a modern day race war going on between the kids <laughs> and, and the rest of us. So the, the best part about this scene, though, is that at this point, uh, you know, Tyrese is a cop. So it would have not been weird at all if that cop was like, hey, man, what's going on? <laughs> like, hey, right. can I help you? Yeah. Because he's clearly like, oh, you're up to something. You're, I, I'm, I need to help you do something. But it's like, how about can I actually help you? Well, he's still oh a God. coward at this point. 
He's, he some, still yeah. hasn't decided whether or not which which side he's on because he's told them he's told the crooked cops like the crooked cops are like she can't leave here alive and he's like listen yeah I'll help you kill her but I am not going to kill her yeah <laughs> it's yeah, uh it's like that exactly scene. that almost yeah it's like that scene in Dark Knight Rises where like there's that like police captain when Gordon's like you gotta fight Bane and he's like no I'd rather not and then at the end of the movie he like shows up in his dress blues and then just like get shot yeah, yeah. it's yeah, like yeah there, there's a whole there's a whole um cop uh relearning why they became cop cinematic universe uh yeah. and I really respect that um we're almost to the end of this movie uh Darius ends up or no Tyrese ends up stealing the crooked cops like badass uh you know what are, what are the what are those called muscle cars yeah. um takes it back because he can't get into an actual cop car because no shit <laughs> they don't just leave those things running <laughs> you know and uh so he goes back to the police precinct and then um there's kind of like a one-on-one scene between malone and alicia and we get a bad cop monologue uh from malone and this monologue is amazing um he says this district died after katrina uh, the politician screwed us like he was just yeah. doing what he had to do to get by. Yeah, he was talking about like how FEMA abandoned us. Um, and uh, it's like, oh, you left all these rats on a sinking ship. And it's well, like a little bit of maybe some racism in there. Who knows? You remember that famous quote, you know, George Bush doesn't care about blue people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she ends up tackling him out of the building right she tackles him off the balcony and into like the you know the courtyard of this apartment complex and she's got the drop on him but then all the other cops show up and uh you know put their sights on her they literally have like laser sights on her which is very funny because she's got her gun pointed at a cop the whole point was to like get her and apprehend her this this you know wanted killer she's got her gun on a cop and they're just like put the gun down yeah. put the gun down and it's you know something that Showing would never restraint. happen um and so as this is happening uh tyrese is like uploading the footage but then that cop who like hassled him who abused him in the market has like spotted what he's doing right and so he comes in there yeah. and he's like what the fuck are you doing in here i knew i recognized you i knew i smelled trash when i walked by this room you know uh and uh tyrese is just buying time until the video actually does upload and then tyrese gets the upper hand puts the gun to his head and kind of repeats the same lines that the cop said to him i could just kill you and nobody would care or whatever uh, and then he just pistol whips him and then the footage is uploaded. That was cool. The pistol whip was cool. Agreed. Um, <laughs> the footage is uploaded, and then like a AIM notification gets sent to the police chief that there's corruption uh, 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 yeah. in the in the video footage. <laughs> this the entire climax of the movie hinges on this police captain's computer not being muted because <laughs> she's walking out of the office, and then she hears the ding, and she's like, "Oh, is that a plot changing sound I hear?" <laughs> Also, the, the the police chief like going back and checking the email. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm I already set up from my desk. I'm not checking the email. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not turning around. <laughs> Sorry. Right. This film. So, uh, the hero of this film is a culture of overwork. <laughs> I'm just. I'm reassured that the uh, body cam footage is like automatically scanned for bad cops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah totally, like yeah. AI. There's there's some sort of algorithm that just scans for bad apples and all this footage yeah. and immediately alerts the police chief. 
That's when you're when you're doing the captcha where you have to uh, click on the different images. It's like uh, click on all the images of bad cops. You're teaching the yeah, algorithm. I, I am not a bad cop. <laughs> um, and so she she's like, oh my god, they're bad cops, and Alicia is the good cop, and so she sends out a, a all points bulletin to stand down. Yeah. She literally says, stand down, Alicia is the good cop. <laughs> right yeah. um and uh do 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 alicia picks up the gun and has it on malone again and she says uh you have the right to remain silent and he says <laughs> i know my rights and then she says oh so it's just other people's rights you have a problem with yep. <laughs> <Boom>. roasted <laughs> and then the bad cop again reinforcing the theme of this movie malone he says you picked the wrong side what's the point and she says, the point is be the change, asshole. <laughs> Just, yeah, amazing. It's it's absolutely incredible because it's both like um, this weird like comment on like polarization. It's like, we shouldn't have to choose sides. We should be somewhere in the middle where the truth always is. Uh, and then also ending a movie with like a bastardized Gandhi quote. <laughs> I, like, yeah. I love it. I like to think she learned that Gandhi quote on her tour of duty to the Middle East. <laughs> yeah. The point is I have a dream, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Malone, you gotta choose between the ballot or the bullet, and I made my choice. <laughs> I also like this idea that the chief of police is like so shocked that there could possibly be corruption, like as if the Chicago PD hasn't like been running an entire like scheme of basically like extortion and yeah. like abuse for decades. The other good cops finally show up, and they're like. Hey, good job, West. Hey, way to go, Officer West. Yeah, we're the good cops, West. Way to go, rookie. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we get a like a weird sort of dreamlike uh epilogue where there's uh young black girls on the side of the road in slow motion giving the thumbs up to <laughs> Officer Alicia West as she drives by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Race relations normalized. <laughs> In New Orleans, of all places, who would yeah. have ever imagined? My awful thought at the end of the film was a Kamala Harris tweet saying every young black girl needs to watch Black and Blue. Oh, oh my God. God. Yep, yep. <sighs> like, um, I almost, if a regular cop watched the ending of this movie, I think they would actually feel a little sick. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> It. I don't think it would give them a positive feeling to see uh, little, you know, black girls giving thumbs up to cops and stuff like that. Yeah. Like they want to perpetuate a culture of fear, not, <laughs> you know, love. Like I was looking at reviews of this movie, and the reviews are on Facebook are overwhelmingly positive. Like a lot of people really liked this movie. You know, most of them were pretty, you know, aesthetic, like aesthetic reviews about how fun they thought the movie was or whatever. Um, but then, yeah, there's these negative reviews on IMDb that are just like, enough of cops being the bad guys, another anti-white yeah. cop movie. And, and so it's like, yeah, this movie sucked and it really portrayed like, uh, police and minority communities relationships in a very like patronizing and, uh, reductive way. But if it pissed off these people, like, I guess it's the best we can hope for right now in yeah. the current climate <laughs> with like a, a movie of this size, I guess. Yeah. 
Um, there were uh, bad cops on screen, so I guess that's yeah. like we'll take it. <laughs> um, I on Kino Lefter, one of the things we always do is read um, Armand White reviews of movies. He's a right wing black gay film critic for the National Review, and also Excellent. a super genius, the yeah. Lex Luthor of the Kino. He's Lefter also like universe. extremely smart. I think he has a PhD in cinema studies. Like his uh, arguments are always interesting, even if they're okay. terrible. But for once, I think I'm not going to read the whole review, but I just have a paragraph here that I think would be a great place to close on the movie. Um, Director Dion Taylor and screenwriter Peter A. Dowling borrow black urban grievance as carelessly as a politician. The film is bracketed by dissolution rap records. Lecrae's Welcome to America and KRS-One's Sound of the Police. Still, it's implausible that after two tours of duty in Kandahar, West would be so naive about American life. Or do the filmmakers intend to portray modern America as Afghanistan, comma, an, un- an irresolvable tribal war, question mark? <laughs> Which is like, I, I actually think that is the metaphor they're going for yeah. extremely poorly. And it's like, see, all it takes is for one person to not see black or blue you know to cross that line and we've all fixed it she can walk between both worlds she's the day walker um, I, I mean the movie like kind of portrays everybody else as naive and she's the only sensible person like all the like all the the minority community are extremely naive because they only see blue and you know the opposite and she's the one that's like actually seeing nuance and context and there are lines like throughout this where she says a murder is a murder no matter who did it you know because yeah. <laughs> the black team is like why would you care about prosecuting the blue team i don't understand you know and she's like oh well right is right you know and they're basically positing that these things are equivalent, right? Like hating the police is equivalent to the police over policing yeah. black people. Both sides just need to get their acts together, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, so Kino Lefter, thanks so much for joining us to do this yeah. episode. Uh, Thank where can, you guys. Why don't you tell people about your podcast and where they could find it? So uh, you can find us basically where all uh, podcatchers are, you know? Download one, see if we're there. If we're not, you can hit us up at Kino Lefter on Twitter, and uh, we'll be sure to get uh, listed on there. Yeah, we're a socialist movie podcast based out of beautiful, sunny Edmonton, Alberta, um, you know, live on the battlegrounds of the Petro State. And, uh, you know, we usually cover uh, new releases, uh, much like this beautiful film. Uh, and then on our premium show, Primo Lefter, uh, we, you know, go to some older movies, music, uh, TV, stuff like that. Documentaries, all kinds of stuff. But yeah, you should also start, if you're going to listen to an episode of <laughs> our episode with you guys uh, on Angel Has Fallen, which is uh, a big boomer movie that is just uh, a really, it's a great listen and a great episode to start with. Uh, we loved having you guys on. Yeah, that was a super fun episode. Uh, we had a lot of fun tonight having you on. Uh, I yeah. also hear tell that you guys just did an episode on Jojo Rabbit, just recorded that shit, and I'm very eager to hear it. <laughs> Uh, yes, we did. That's going to be our episode dropping uh, this week. This week, Wednesday. Yeah. I don't know when this is coming <laughs> up. But I, I'm also going to just go ahead and say it's one of our best. Like, I, It was a fucking fantastic record. Cool. I'm excited for it. Very pumped. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to support the show and get bonus episodes every week, you can go to patreon.com slash minion death cult. Uh, hey, also, we're going on tour with Street Fight on the West Coast. Uh, that's starting on November 9th in, uh, in Seattle, November 10th in Seattle. 
uh, going all the way down to San Diego. So go to MinionDeathCult.com for a link to buy tickets and check out those dates. We'd love to see you folks. And uh, if you want to write to us, MinionDeathCult at gmail.com, MinionDeath, at MinionDeathCult on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And uh, yeah, that's it, folks. We're really hopeful your uh, next tour will come to Canada. <laughs> love the to edmonton do it. date yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do a 30 week tour of canada yes yeah. oh you only need to go to like five cities <laughs> it's okay, uh cool it, yeah minion death cult comes to sydney cape breton <laughs> it'll still take six weeks to drive to each one yeah but, hell yeah <laughs> it's yeah. a big country we All love right. you so much thanks again love you guys thank too. you it was awesome See bye. bye 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 bye